From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. All right, just uh, conversing with one of the fine security people patrolling the halls here. It's good to know. I feel safe. Nothing going on. Don't need to raise alarms or anything. Just routine. Nothing more for you to see. Go on back to your homes. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Your long-haul truck, your RV, your crystal radio, your smartphone. Jeez, however and wherever you're listening. AM 740, our flagship station in Toronto, one of our growing list of U.S. affiliates. Uh, perhaps the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Zone.com, uh, or our HOA hangout on air, which we are not doing tonight. Uh, we're having some Internet issues of late, and we hope to get those resolved. But... Um, uh, Normally, we, um, we're also streaming on on YouTube. Albert Vinzet, my uh, story producer, intern, has posted some great stories in the slide carousel atop of richardserrett.com. Uh, for all of you Giants fans, and uh, no, I'm not talking about Willie McCovey and the Say Hey Kid. <laughs> Willie McCovey, <laughs> I'm really dating myself. Uh, Barry Bonds, no, he's not around anymore either. Anyway, I'm not talking about those Giants. I'm talking about an article from uh, the Event Chronicle. Again, it's posted at richardserrett.com. Just uh, go to the slide carousel and you'll see these stories go by. Um, anyway, the the story is about the great Smithsonian cover-up. Eighteen giant skeletons discovered in Wisconsin. And uh, this goes back over 100 years ago. Um, but it's an important chapter, really, in history. And it's... Uh, or in um, suppressed history, if you will. It's about the discovery of these enormous skeletons, uh, most of them between seven and a half feet and ten feet tall, with elongated skulls, and they had six fingers and six toes, and they had double rows of teeth, and uh, they were discovered in a burial mound in Wisconsin back in, as I say, 1912. And uh, you know this this story wasn't carried on the you know the, the weekly world news at the time. This was this was reported in the New York Times. You can you can find it in the archives. Uh, but then the article goes on to wonder, you know, why these skeletons never went on public display. And we've talked about this before on the program, uh, how, uh, uh, you know, there were communications between letters written uh, between uh, the, the discoverers of these skeletons, the archaeologists or anthropologists and uh, um, people working at the Smithsonian, uh, acknowledging receipt of these uh, skeletons, these bones and so forth. But they, they never seem to go on display, do they? So what happened? Uh, the other uh, article, um, let me see. Oh, this is interesting. This is um, um, about fracking or hydraulic fracturing, a.k.a. fracking. And it's a, a study conducted at the University of Pennsylvania. And it turns out, according to the study, traces of a chemical used in hydraulic fracking, uh, fracturing has now turned up in the drinking water in in uh, homes in Bradford County, Pennsylvania, which is the first time uh, this has happened. So obviously causes for concern there. So these are just two of the uh, stories Albert has posted up at richardserrett.com. So please get on up to the website, register if you haven't already done so. It's fast, it's easy, and my favorite word, free. Uh, I read recently where parts of drought-stricken California have, over the the last couple of weeks, received record rainfalls all of a sudden. Uh, after a winter and early spring yielding record low Sierra snowpacks, uh, a snowpack compounding a crippling multi-year drought, now parts of California have seen a strangely out-of-season soaking 
late, uh, well, uh, last week and the week prior, really. But I think it's continuing in some parts, the deluge. Record rainfalls in Southern California. Showers and thunderstorms. Uh, locally heavy uh, rainfall in San Diego. Uh, the San Diego International Airport had uh, uh, one and a half inches of rain in, uh, in less than two hours. And um, uh, flash flooding, of course, as you can expect, uh, brought to the area with multiple water rescues reported. There was also rain delay, a rain delay for the baseball game in um, San Diego's Petco Park, which is the first time that's happened since 2004. So all of a sudden now, uh, this drought-ravaged region is getting record rainfalls. And meanwhile, now we're hearing that 2015 is shaping up to be an El Nino year, which could mean, depending on where in the continent you reside, either wildfires... Wild fires or rain or drought or extreme heat this summer and uh, a milder winter, again, depending on where you are. Uh, Now, some are blaming the unusual weather patterns on uh, El Nino. Others are uh, blaming the approach of Nibiru or Planet X. Uh, My guest this hour uh, believes that weird weather is man-made. Uh, produced by a flip of the switch by the uh, the people who run HARP. That's the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Project up in Alaska, the Copper Valley. And if you're not, uh, if you've been living under a rock for the last 30 years, HARP is a high-power radio frequency transmitter operating in the high-frequency HF band. And uh, it's used to temporarily excite the ionosphere or a limited area of the ionosphere. And they have other instruments such as VHF and, and, and a UHF radar and a fluxgate uh, magn- magnetometer, uh, I can never say that word, magnetometer. And um, anyway, some believe that uh, HARP is being used for far more nefarious purposes. It's been uh, sort of a target of uh, those in the conspiracy community who claim it's capable of modifying the weather, disabling satellites, even exerting mind control over people, uh, and that it was being used as a weapon against terrorists. Uh they may, uh, may be using HARP to uh, cause earthquakes, droughts, storms, floods, diseases such as the Gulf War Syndrome, Morgellons, chronic fatigue syndrome, and so forth. Well, we're going to get into that over the next uh, 40 minutes or so. Georgia Love is uh, with us. She's a clairvoyant who's experienced many spiritual events. She's researched paranormal phenomenon, astrology, dowsing, numerology. As a psychic, she helps people realize their divine beings by showing their connection to the spirit world. Uh, but she's also append a rather interesting book entitled Escape from Manhattan, where the aforementioned harp looms rather large. Georgia Love, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I am wonderful, and it's just super to be on your show. Uh, thank you. I feel very honored to be here. I wrote my book five years ago, and at that time I had no idea that 30,000 books get published every month. So at this time, two million books have been published Each individual book's published since I wrote mine in 2010. And, you know, I have learned so much more in the last five years. I have found out being a Canadian, I cannot get my book into the Canadian stores because they will not take, Cole's bookstores will not take anything from Amazon. Interesting. And it's it's just crazy. So I'm left, I do have my book Create with Create Space after wasting thousands of dollars with Trafford Publishing and other publishing companies that... So that's why there's 30,000 books being published every month because you've got all these companies that are under the Amazon, from what I can understand, in my opinion, under the Amazon umbrella. 
because they're all in the same office building, so one can't help but wonder what's going on. And this is Trafford. It, it's just so many that you would think would be okay. And if, what got me going okay on this whole thing is I was office men up north at one of the um, huge oil and gas um, places at Cold uh, Lake, Alberta, right? Right, right. And the secrecy and all the stuff that was going on there and at Christina Lake in Alberta and all of the security and the craziness that was going on there, I couldn't help but wonder what was going on with our north. And I came home and I started doing research. And I first came across Nick Begish, and I'm sure you must have had Nick Begish on Oh, yes. Show. Angels don't play this harp. Yes, sir. And HARP is not H-A-R-P. It's H-A-A-R-P, which stands for High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program. Well, it's not a research program. And, yes, they may very well have closed the site at Gagona, Alaska, because Jesse Fincher and everybody that's a activists that you can respect and dearly admire and love have been up there pounding their doors trying to get in there and see what information so do by all means when we're finished this hour if you can give me an hour of your time go and research Nick Begish he's a a scientist has been working with heart research for over 40 years and he believes they're using heart for mind control in the big cities. I really believe he could be doing that, or they could be doing that. But the important thing is that I now believe they have small harp instrumentation on submarines. And I truly do believe, in my opinion, that the Twin Towers were brought down with a directed energy beam, and it was harp off of a submarine that took down the Twin Towers. They were not pancake. They were not bombed. They were dustified. They were disappeared, it, yeah, from the top down. Two minutes. There was nothing to clean up, and the calls to the 911 lines were the people that did get through for the second, so they were able to talk. Said they saw people dustifying right in front of them, and they were scared because they could feel themselves heating up from the inside. And this is what microwave energy directed laser cold fusion energy would be to a person. It would be like putting your cup of water in the microwave oven and putting it on super high. There wouldn't be much water there. Right. Eighty percent water. Well this is not uh, this is not uh, um, you know out of left field this this information, the idea that some sort of directed energy weapon. I I've had Judy Wood on the program a number of times uh, talking about about uh, how the, the towers were uh, it vaporized. I, I read her book and she shows a thousand people. She has an 800 page book. I dearly love this woman. I doubt if we'll ever get to meet, but oh my God, I admire that woman. And she couldn't even get her book printed in the States or Canada or in the free world. She had to go to China to get it printed, would you believe? But 800 page book with pictures from all the famous photographers, uh, showing the people jumping from the buildings and then pulling off their clothes, their shoes because they were so hot they, and then all of a sudden they were gone. And when you realize that it was cold fusion, directed energy, laser energy that caused this, uh, if you read <clears throat> Dr. Judy E. Wood, you can find her on the Internet. Sure. There's also a man by John Hutchinson. Yeah, and I done, know John very well. Yes, and he's done tons of research on this. And Jerry E. Smith, after reading Dr. Nick Begish, I, I went into Hunt, right? And I found Jerry E. Smith's book. God rest his soul. Yes. Oh, what a blessed man. You know, he was dead 
in a matter of months from pancreatic cancer. And, you know, I wrote my book in 21 days, and I felt I was doing 18 hours a day, and I could barely type back then. I can type like crazy now, but back then it was a real chore. And 18 hours a day, it was in my room typing and typing. And, you know, I finished my book, I believe it was March the 8th. And in my family, because we're very psychic, very spiritual, on both sides of the continent, I'll go into that in a few minutes, but there's a knock at the door three distinct times, and I went to the door, nobody there. In our family, that is what happens when someone is close to us, they will let us know they're gone. And I never thought anything more about it. I thought, well, I'm at the age, I have lots of older people in my life who wonder who it was. George, I have to ask you to hold on. Apologies. We're going to head into a break on the other side. We'll pick up on that story and find out who was a tap, tap, tapping at her door. (laughs) Back with more of my conversation with Georgia Love as we discuss harp and other matters right here on The Conspiracy Show. Do not go away. Big Brother is listening, and so are you. To The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Uh, Georgia Love is uh, with us uh, talking about HARP. That's the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Project, which ostensibly has been has been uh, powered down. However, uh, there are a lot of other HARPs out there around the world, and now we are being told by Georgia that uh, this technology uh, sort of exists in miniature form. They don't need a vast array of these radio antennae anymore. They can uh, house it in a fairly small unit and, and place it on a submarine. So now... Uh, they're all over the place, and uh, as I uh, sort of mentioned, the laundry list of effects attributed to uh, harp-like devices. It includes weather manipulation, which brings us to uh, the late Jerry Smith. You mentioned uh, Jerry uh, as a source of inspiration, and he, of course, wrote uh, the book Weather Warfare. I had Jerry on my program many times over the years, and uh, uh, was a great guy. I liked him a lot, and as you say, passed away suddenly, uh, pancreatic cancer. I had to find. I found out actually from. David Hatcher Childress, uh, who runs Adventures Unlimited Press, and Jerry worked there for a number of years. So, uh, who was knocking? Who was knocking you at your what door? Happened, right? Yeah, who was knocking at your door that night? Oh, early in the morning. Okay, and so my book was finished. I, I just dismissed. Okay, it's some senior round in my life, and I'll find out. I went down to our local bookstore, and I found his book, The Ultimate Weapon by Jerry Smith. I came home and I read it, and a lot of the scientific stuff in there was what was in my book. My goal was to bring my book to the kitchen table as knowledge that it was like a bottle of ketchup. Everybody would know what this was about. There was no more secrecy, more denying it. And so a week later, I phoned uh, the press company that Jerry Smith worked, worked for, and I talked to the secretary, and I said, I really got to get through to Jerry E. Smith because I've written a book that's a human interest story, but I've included the science in a simple way that women that are reading romance novels that are junk will pick up this book because of the love story and the humanity in it and they will learn what harp is what is going on in our world because my feelings were that when we go into spirit the only thing we get to take is our knowledge and i thought wow wouldn't it be something of the mothers and the grandmothers when they were going home to the other side the fourth dimension that they had this knowledge and they could kick butt because I believe in spirit, we are so much stronger than in the flesh. Okay, so back so to the anyway, rapping on the door. The secretary tells me Jerry E. Smith died March the 8th, and I'm realizing, oh my God, 
It was him knocking on the door. It's why I spent, uh, I believe, 18 days writing this book so fast and furiously as I could. And to finish, he wanted to get it finished before he died. He was automatic writing is what was going on in the science area of this book. You believe it was Jerry Smith writing? Through me, Through the you. scientific part. He was trying to get me to do it. I'm a novice writer. This is my first book. And so I wanted women to come out of their childlike, right, right. you know, the 50, 50 shades of gray. I cannot believe any intelligent well, I'm sorry, but I just can't believe any intelligent woman would glorify rape and brutality and think that was a book they should read. Okay? I had more respect for women than that. Well, yeah, isn't the state of uh, art grand right now? <laughs> that's what they, that's what passes off as, as high well, art. Well, I'm sorry. My, I, I was blessed with a brain, and I expect women, especially when you're in your 60s, you know, you don't really, after menopause, have a huge sexual drive. Well, let, yeah, let's get back to Harp for a moment. Uh, and Georgia Love is with us. Her, her book is Escape from Manhattan. Uh, we're talking about about Harp. And n- yeah. now, here's the thing: How do we s- sort of separate the wheat from the chaff when all this crazy weather is going on, and we have volcanic activity, which which affects the weather? We have the uh, these polar vortexes, which affect the weather. Uh, we've got sunspot activity, which affects the weather. We have uh, El Nino and ocean currents, which affect the weather. And then we have HARP sort of overlaid over top of that. So how well, do we I differentiate? Harp, excuse me for, I believe HARP is what's causing all of this. Okay? It supersedes all of the other uh, things. It's, it's the mother load of, of doing all of this. Okay? It, it's the main cause behind all of this. And I believe right now they are doing, there is so much increased earthquake and volcanic activity on the West Coast right now, the whole West Coast from California up to Alaska. And I believe the reason why there is so much increased activity with volcanic and earthquake is that right now, I don't know if your listeners are aware, but the World Bank, I don't know if you've had um, uh, Hudas on. Yes, I have. Okay. Well, you know how hard the World Bank and the powers that be, the the BRICS group, the Brit, uh, Brazil, Russia, uh, India, China, South Africa, Japan, all these countries are coming together. Forming their the own. Bank yes. To revalue the currency of every country in the world. Well, my concern is that 1%, that cabal, is using HARP, and they're going to try and that's why I wanted so badly to get all this information out so people would understand what is behind all of the extreme weather. We had winter games here in Prince George. We had three weeks of spring weather. We didn't even have to wear a winter coat. Only Harp could do that. I mean, I'm born February the 25th. I have never seen a nice winter ever, never, in all these years. And I'm 68, and my God... Uh, we had summer weather. Actually, we had nicer weather for the winter games than we have now. <laughs> but, but we're told again and again, Georgia, that this is global warming and this is well, man-made. You don't believe in it either. I don't either. But it is not. It is man-made, and they're want, they're using billion watts of laser energy to melt the Arctic. And if you go on the internet and you start, I'm looking at one here. Um, uh, just pages and pages. It must go up to 30 pages on HARP if, if you Google on YouTube. Like, it's just crazy uh, how much. I'm not the only one. There's so many fine, fine minds and scientists 
um, that are talking about. The other thing I included in my book was Dr. T- uh, Tom Bearden. Oh, yes. And he has been trying. He is recognized uh, by the Institute of Technology uh, as the, one of the distinguished uh, scientists of our, you know, of the of our world. And he has been trying for 40 years, maybe more, to get the U.S. government to decentralize their power grid because they're so vulnerable with it the way it is now. And he has, you know, he has free energy. He talks about how they can make electrical power grids that are small, that they're not massive, so they're not at such risk for for any kind of, uh, what would you call it, wrongdoing, right? I mean, they're just so wide open. And for 50 years, this wonderful man has tried. He's a major in the army. Like, this is not a dummy. This is a man that gave his life to try to wake up the United States. But the cabal would not let his voice be heard. I mean, it's ridiculous that we're using fossil energy when we could be using his energy that he perfected. And he did. He offered it to us. Well, you you talked ago. about uh, electricity, and this is something that has always fascinated me. The, the transmission of electrical power uh, really has not changed in over 100 years. Exactly. And, and it is terribly inefficient. And you, when you look at things like Moore's Law, which uh, you know, sort of predict the, the, the rep, rapid development of technology... Uh, over short periods of time based on this thing called Moore's Law. Uh, and you, you can apply that to just about, I mean, look around you. Everything is, is uh, becoming smaller and more sophisticated and cheaper, except for the electrical power grid system. It's the same way we're generating power and transmitting power that we have for the last hundred years. And, and, and to me, uh, there's obviously, I mean, that's by design. They, you know, there, there must be far, I mean, uh, Tesla demonstrated that he could, he could transmit power, electricity through the air without wires, uh, over a hundred years ago at Wardenclyffe. Exactly. And that is in my book too, his early research, what he brought to the table. And it's just amazing that none of this, well, you see 1% of the population, I'm sure you're aware of it, the Illuminati, the Cabal have controlled this whole planet. In Canada, I'd tell you, I'm sure there's not more than 10 people. Yeah, it's not, it's, I think it's a misnomer. Country. The misnomer uh, that it's 1%. It's, it's one one thousandth of 1%. Yes. It's not exactly. the 1%. So uh, 10 people perhaps control everything in Canada. In fact, my book, Escape from Manhattan, there's a woman in Ottawa that sits in the parliament or whatever there, and she makes sure my book cannot come across that border. The only way I can get it here is order it myself and sell it individually, signed. I've made uh, C, uh, CDs. I can sign the CD and send you a CD. All right. Um, okay, I am determined to get this information out to the public. I want every grandma that's got curlers in her hair, like on Mrs. Brown Boys, I want those little old ladies like that to know what's going on in our world so that their teenagers can sit down and talk to them heart to heart and have mutual respect. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm guessing you're probably familiar with Ilana uh, Freeland. She's been on the program yes, a number of times. she's amazing. I listened to her today. She's just amazing. Right. Now, she she says that, um, uh, and has researched, that, that chemtrails are working concert with HARP. Uh, yes. Do you concur with that? Yes, I do. And how does that happen? How do they work together, do you suppose? I just know you can't put into the ground the poisons that they're putting into the ground. And not, a Mother Earth, for heaven's sakes has a soul and a spirit of her own. 
and I mean, I'm not pagan, but I am uh, an environmentalist, and I know that what we're doing to our planet, Mother Earth is extremely upset, okay? I, I, any Aboriginal culture you go to, it doesn't matter where, whether it's Australian or Hungary or wherever, okay, the, the Yugoslav or the Native Indian, the Mexicans, all the old Aboriginal groups will tell you, you have to respect Mother Earth. And when scientists think that they can overstep that, they are really in trouble. And it's not just that. I will even go to say that our space brothers and sisters that created us in their likeness, they look just like us. They don't have six toes or six fingers. They are like us, five toes, five fingers. In fact, we could meet them on the street and we would have no idea that they were outer space. Hmm. So they look just like us. Maybe a little prettier because they haven't got as many defects on us. <laughs> the pollution we're dealing with, I don't think they got asthma. Okay, we'll put it like that. Right, right. They're, they're beautiful specimens, right? They don't have buck teeth and they don't wear glasses and they're not bald. You know. Well, they, I, in <laughs> terms of it. our creator, I mean, we, you and I would would have to respect respectively part company there in, in the sense that I, I mean, I, I don't believe that's where we came from. However, that's neither here nor there oh, for the purpose. You think we came from monkeys? No, I do not. I do Good. not. No, no. But I, I don't. You know, I don't, I don't believe in the alien seat concept. However, that, that, that that's, that's okay. Yes, absolutely, it's okay. Now, um, I I, I want to talk about your um, your clairvoyance and psychic ability because you 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 alluded to that earlier, and this is um, this is generational, isn't it? I mean, it is. How does that work exactly? Well, on my father's side, my the surname was Fraser, and my grandmother, uh, my great-great-grandfather came from Scotland and he was the benefactor at the Hudson's Bay Post and he he came from a family of psychics back there it was part of the royalty it was not spurned or uh, discredited if you had that gift you were honored it was something to be proud of you could water witch for wells you, you just knew what to do uh, to help your world right and to help people around you anyway right. He came with his psychic gifts, Fraser, Alexander Fraser, to the Hudson's Bay, and he married a native Iroquois princess named Angel of the Meadows. And he immediately called her Angelique Meadows because he didn't want his family back in Scotland to know that he'd married a native wife, an Anoa country wife, which was native, right? right? But she had the gift, too. Now, on my mother's side... We have the house, and they were gifted in that, well, the one uh, uncle invented the bicycle and had the Howe Bicycle Factory in Ireland, and my other great uncle invented the sewing machine. I come from a long line of creative people, and when you have creativity, you think outside the box, and more than likely you're going to be psychic or intuitive. So both sides of the family tree, I got a good mother load of this ability. Uh, so you come by it honestly, as they say. Oh, yeah. And I have no patience with charlatans. <laughs> and there are a lot of them. They are legion. Oh. <laughs> and how? And they, they despise me because I will not play games with people. I will not ever read on a psychic line because they read off a script. And I would never charge people two ninety nine or three ninety nine for a me- reading. Whenever I do get readings, it's sixty dollars an hour. If I know they're a pensioner or a student, it's forty. I I totally believe that my needs will be met by the Creator, the Divine Universe, whatever you want to call it, 
God, whatever. Uh, it's all the same thing, folks, whatever label you put on it. I know my needs will be met so I don't have to steal, I don't have to cheat, and I don't have to play games with people. And um, what about dowsing? Is that uh, a part of your arsenal as well? Oh, you better believe it. My family on both sides of the family tree, which for wells, my both sides of my family tree go back five generations in Canada. And how does, you know, I, I, I can't believe after all this time on the air, I have never really done a program on dowsing. How, how does, give me a crash course in dowsing. We're coming up on a break. We'll start the conversation mm-hmm. now and continue after. But how does, what's, how does it work? Well, that is a very good question. There are lots, of, well, pardon me, there's dowsing associations on every university across Canada. I don't know how many in the States, like university people, have their associations right in the university. It's science. You can be hired as a dowser and go over a map and see where the gold, the silver, the different metals are in that map. There are people that douse for lost pets, for seniors with dementia or Alzheimer's. They are contacted the university for the dowsers. So it's not just water. We don't just douse for water. We can douse for minerals. Uh, and, uh, and and lost pets. And in, in, do, do you have to use a dowsing rod, for example? No. Um, in our family, going back generations, we just used a needle and a thread. And what I'm doing anyway, when I do it, I contact somebody in the spirit world that love and trust and showed me respect when I was a child and love and respect me. And so I talked directly to my grandma, who at 99 still had her brain. <laughs> and, I mean, she was one of the first, well, I believe she was the first mayor, woman mayor in Canada during the Dirty 30s. Now, I think I can respect and trust that woman. She knew how to pay the electric bill. She knew how to put food <laughs> on her table. All right. Listen, Georgia, we're heading into a break. That yep. is quite a family tree you have. Yes, I do. We will come back and uh, continue our delightful conversation with Georgia Love right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Passcodes, personal identification numbers, social insurance numbers. If they make you wonder how private they are, here's more numbers. 416-360-0740. Georgia Love is with us. Escape from Manhattan is uh, her book. And um, we're talking about HARP, among other things. Now, this is interesting because you you say that uh, HARP, this high-frequency active auroral research program, uh, the energy uh, affects not only our uh, material uh, world and our mental world, uh, but it also can affect the spiritual world. How is HARP uh, affecting, or HARP-like devices, we should say, how is it affecting the spiritual world? Okay, I'm not so sure about the spiritual world, how it's affecting the spiritual world. I do know that Nick Begish has spent a lot of time doing research on how HARP is able to control thought in a live human being. Now, maybe there is a way they have engineered some way to affect the spiritual world, but I'll tell you one thing. Amazing Grace, when you, every military funeral, RCMP funeral, uh, in the States to the military and the police in the States, and in my family, but with the bagpipes, especially Amazing Grace, it is played, and whenever you play that, you pull together a spiritual army that you cannot believe. And if they want to really, really tangle 
Okay, harp and one percenters, the the cabal. I'm praying that they hear me in spirit, that they know we need to be done with this whole evil system that's going on right now because I believe those spirits in the spirit world that are that mighty spiritual army can deal with harp and totally negate it. And you're saying that the uh, the song, uh, what is it about that song? Is it the lyrics or is it the, to- the musical tones? Amazing uh, Grace. Well, because... It's played at every funeral of anybody that has any faith in God at all. It's right. played. And especially if it's played with the bagpipes. I'll tell you how neat this is. I was doing a craft fair, and I, I'm very connected to my community, and I work very hard to help as many as I can. And I'm there, and in comes this bagpiper, because it was raising funds for our youth center, right? And that's where the young men and young women go for cadets. And I thought, oh, thank you, thank you, Spirit, for allowing this to happen. And this wonderful man comes in with his bagpipes, and he's playing Amazing Grace. Immediately after he left, this little, this older lady, okay, I'm going to call her the older woman, comes to my table, and within minutes, she tells me that she knew my mother, um, and that they were friends. And I thought, thank you, Mom. What a wonderful way to let me know that you're around and that you're protecting me and that you care. Now, when you see synchronicity like that, you know spirit world is really alive. And in spirit world, they don't understand. See, in the old days, the people believed in spirit world, and they would pray, and the locusts would go. There would be a, a, a group of Birds would come in and eat all the locusts. They knew how to connect with spirit world to make their world work. And we just got to believe again in this kind of spiritual army because it's even stronger now. Because whenever you turn on your cell phone, you can search and get Amazing Grace going right now. And with what they're trying to do on the West Coast with causing serious, serious earthquakes here in the next few weeks, to deflect this RV of the money for all the world going on. They want to create chaos. They want to distract the attention of the, the money change. And they'll do anything. They don't care how many people they kill, what destruction they will do. The cabal really don't want to let go of their power. And if you're in a dangerous position, you start singing or get the tune Amazing Grace, and you will have a spiritual army protecting you. And 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 the the spiritual I totally believe this. The, the spiritual army is comprised of whom? The, the, All uh, the, of our lost military men from the Second World War, the First World War, Vietnam, the Middle East. I mean, can you imagine those men? Because once you go into spirit world, there's no questioning anymore that it exists. You're there. And at their funeral, they see all their friends, and they see the respect, and they hear those bagpipes. And it's a calling. It's like playing the trumpets. When they say King David will play the trumpets, and all the heavens will know if you read the Bible. Well, this is another version of that, because it calls together all the fallen RCMP, all of the people that really believe in God and the creation of this universe by a divine, loving creator, not a madman. Because right now, if you look at what's happening in our world, even the strongest believers are having a hard time hanging on. It's true. It's true. And I've seen some some pretty rock-solid believers uh, abandon their faith, which, you know, comes quite a shock. 
Uh, but there's a lot of that going on right now, to be sure. These are tough times. What do you, uh, I mean, do you, uh, do you in- involve remote viewing at all in your, in your work? I have seen, I have seen things. Um, just give me a second. I saw Katrina happening. I was reading for the Bay in Edmonton because they have their, their Christmas and their spring shows and they bring in psychics like myself. And I had 20 women, 30, I don't know how many, a lot of women lined up to read for, right? Now, abundance is everywhere. People are buying Christmas presents. There's wonderful music playing. We even have little East Indian men in dancing costumes. <laughs> You'd think you were an Egyptian. You know what I mean? It was just fantastic. Everybody was laughing. They were enjoying the wine and the food. And I'm doing these uh, mini tarot readings, right? And this very pretty girl sits down in front of me. She's 18 years old, red hair. It was like flashing back into the past and looking at myself. And she said, oh, I don't believe in all this crap. And I, I chuckled, right? And I said, well, I understand. There's so many flakes out there. I totally get it. But I, and I said, where are you going for Christmas? And all of a sudden she told me Thailand. Well, this was in November of 2005, I believe. Yes, 2005. And all of a sudden, with all this beauty around me and all this joy and fun, I see the tsunami that hit Thailand. And I'm just devastated. I don't know where it's come from, but I'm, I'm getting people drowning this, this horrible, horrible scene. And I just, I didn't believe what I was seeing myself, and I could not tell her. I was representing the bay. I couldn't offend the bay. And at 18, I thought, oh, she'll think I'm nuts. I can't tell her what I'm seeing. And so I dismissed it. I just said, well, I've okay. just got to let it go. So the, now so, you're talking about the tsunami uh, in 2004, or but you mentioned Katrina. Which oh, I'm sorry. In 2000, was it 2004 or 2005? The, I believe the tsunami that hit the Indian that was in the Indian Ocean was 2004. But then there was Katrina, which was no. This was 2000. Okay, well, this was Thailand. Okay, and I thought it was 2005, but I can be wrong. What the heck? I could easily be wrong on that. Well, it's not important. I just I I was trying to understand which one you were talking about. I'm sorry, I didn't see Katrina at all, but I did see that. And as I was packing up to leave, I thought, I wonder if somebody in here knows what's going to happen. Is there somebody here that is working with something that would give me this image? Like, what's going on here? And I was so shocked when New Year's Day. I mean, I was kind of prepared because of what the vision I had. And I said, oh, my God, I wish I had tried harder to tell this girl what was coming so she had, wouldn't go to Thailand or she would at least be somewhere safe in Thailand. But, you know, she never would have believed me. Did, and it, do we know what happened to her? Did she? I have no idea. Well, let's hope that she's safe. And uh, I, I just, you know, I'm hoping that soul to soul I connected with her and maybe she would change her, her mind. Uh, I know that we soul travel at night. We astral travel. travel and I'd, I love, yeah, I'd love to well. talk to you about astral travel when we come back, actually. Yeah. Georgia Love is my guest. We are hitting uh, on a lot of topics right now, and we'll uh, continue to do so after this timeout. Stay with us here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. A few moments remain with our guest, Georgia Love, uh, the author of Escape from Manhattan, uh, in which the uh, the subject of harp uh, looms rather large. And that, of course, is the uh, high-frequency active rural research uh, project. And uh, we have been talking about harp. 
Uh, but we're also talking about, um, uh, well, psychic abilities, clairvoyance, remote viewing, and, and uh, you mentioned uh, astral travel. Now, the only, and I've talked about this on the air a number of times, the only uh, paranormal or supernatural uh, event that I have uh, witnessed firsthand uh, is seeing my own doppelganger floating above my body, and which I now assume was perhaps my astral body or my soul body, um, hovering above me uh, one very late night, early morning, about 30 years ago. Um, didn't didn't you know try to make that happen? It just happened, and um, I'm wondering. Uh, I mean, how difficult? I, I see. Th- I see. You know, how to books on how to astral travel. Ten steps for astral projection. I mean, how is how difficult is it? Okay, <clears throat> I've not taken any courses on astral projection. I know that at times an extreme need that I have been able to do it and go and spiritually go and confront somebody about something they needed to know about and it's like a dream for me it's a colored dream everything is is you know just like a movie everything is just it's it's amazing i don't know how to express it it's in technicolor it's like roll the cameras and we do the movie and i i'm laying back and i'm watching myself do this and i feel strongly that if a parent is separated from a child say a child goes missing, I believe that they're able to do that with their child when the child is in the dream state and they're in the dream state. I believe if you're in shock, like I don't know if you were in shock when your body uh, did this event for you. It was the evening of my father's funeral. Well, that would do it. <laughs> that would certainly do it uh, because you're you're looking for answers and your, your higher self is, is just able to go that extra sense uh it's like the sixth or the seventh sense and we're able to do it see we're only operating on maybe 16 to 26 percent of our brain power at this time in history and there are people that are saying that uh, we will be changing very shortly and we're going to have more ability to use more of our mental abilities that we've been dumbed down and that's for sure that is for sure you know i'm on a wonderful product called Celgevity with Max International. I don't know if you've ever heard of that company, but my brain ability to focus, to be clear, to remember, my memory is so much better since I've been on it now eight months, and it's reversed the mental process for me. I can now remember 20, 30 uh, telephone numbers in my head at any time, so I don't have to go and look them up in the phone book. And that is a wonderful gift to be able to have. Send me some quick by the truckload. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's Celgevity, phone me, <laughs> 250-962-9618. This stuff works. All right, so back to the astral and projection. I just love it, right? And it's helped me uh, be able to focus and be cl- uh, more clear with my thoughts and thinking and all of that. And I, I just can't tell you enough. If you go Max International, okay, you'll see it there, and then you phone me. All right. I, yeah, I don't want to do a commercial for that, but I, I do want to get back to the astral projection. Uh, now, for you, this happens in a dream state. Is that how it happens, or do you most actually? Most of the time, most okay. of the time. Although I believe at certain points in my life, I can't remember them all right now, but I am able to. Uh, well, yes, the one time I really did it, and I'll remember it. Uh, I gave birth to my son, and I was in shock, like you were at your father's funeral, and I saw my body leave, and I was looking at the whole scene, and I, I was very. 
lucent. I wasn't on any drugs. I was just doing it naturally. And I looked at the whole scene, took it in, and it helped me deal with it, actually, the whole situation better. That when I went back into my body, I was able to say, okay, fine, this is what I've got to cope with. Now, we hear so much about when, when people um, astral project, and um, they talk about this silver cord that joins their physical body with their astral body. I never saw a silver cord. It may have been there, and maybe I missed it. Uh, I mean, it, or is that just a, um, um, a myth? Is there a silver cord connecting the astral body with the physical body? We're so busy, I don't know of anybody that's ever asked or traveled that actually ever saw that, to be honest. Anybody I've talked to, including myself, we've never seen it. You're so busy taking in more important information that you're not even thinking about that. That's true. I wasn't looking for it. Doesn't mean, uh, yes, that's <laughs> no right. Way. Absence of proof isn't proof of absence, as they say. But uh, Yeah. I mean, it's not something I do know that when you make love to somebody and it, there is a real personal connection, not just a... I don't know what you'd call it, but it was genuine feelings and, and the silver cord does build between you and your mate. And that is what has happened so sadly to speak that when someone cheats on you or you cheat on somebody, that cord is broken right there, right then. And it's so hard to build it back. And I don't even know if it's possible. Interesting. I didn't know but that. We're so much more than flesh and blood. That's true. We are not, as you say, um, what did you call us, meat robots? Yes, we're not a meat robot. We're divine computers. <laughs> and we are linked to the divinity of the whole universe. Like I have researched astrology for years to give an explanation because I was raised Pentecostal and told being psychic I was Satan's daughter and all this garbage that I got loaded on me when I was seven years old because I was seeing things that were 300 miles away. And I, I like I saw my uncle who was when I was three years old dead in a snowbank, and I told my mom, "Look, Uncle Fred is dead," and he was in Thomasburg. You'd know where Thomasburg is, and we lived in Sturgeon Falls. Right, I know Sturgeon we had Falls. No yes. telephone, no radio. Oh boy, you had a radio, but no newspaper, no magazines. The only way I knew my uncle was dead in the snowbank is I'd seen a dead dog or a dead cat. I was three, you know, and she got the telegram telling her that this had happened. It was a diabetic coma. I did the same thing at when I was seven, and I saw my Uncle Clark. Now, it was remote viewing. It naturally came to me because of my heritage. It was not anything that I'd done that was wrong. Uh, I was being gifted. It was, it was a blessing, but the way I was treated, I shut down at seven because I had all these elders of the church trying to cast the demons out of me. And believe you me, I, I didn't see any psychic stuff until I was 30. Oh, you, you, you shut down totally. So you forgot? Did you forget that you had the ability? I wouldn't go near it. I thought it was evil. What happened at 33? 23 years to get over realizing that I wasn't evil. <laughs> what happened at 33? At 30, I... Oh, God. At 30, I dreamt that my daughter was going to be born without any arm muscles. I already had a son with no stomach muscles or bladder muscles, and I woke up screaming like i thought oh my god i'm not even going to be able to teach this kid to hold a crayon or her bottle what am i going to do with this child and i was just oh my god i went to the i was a nurse and i went to um knew a lot about the body the physiology and everything and i went to the health food store and i studied every book i could get my hands on because i wasn't a nutritionist and i wanted 
to make sure this child was okay. I even went back to church. <laughs> and I what this is neat. I ended up this baby um she was eight pounds fourteen ounces, beautiful big healthy baby. But we were rushed to a Vancouver General Children's Hospital section there uh, a month after she was born. She had a hole in her heart. I was on the same floor where I was struggling 10 years previous to pull my son through major surgeries. And uh, next day, in come this beautiful woman, a model. She had had twins. One was in Burnaby General doing fine. The other one was straight across from me, and it had no arm muscles. It weighed two pounds. And it, it had a hole in the heart, too. Oh, dear. And it was so sad. And I thought, was I warned by spirit to get my life together, to eat properly? Or did I flash into the future, do remote future viewing, and saw this and automatically figured it was mine? Right, right. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I really have no idea. Probably when I pass over, I'll get some answers. That's a pretty rare condition, I'm guessing. Born with no muscles in your arms? Oh, that's what rare. That is really rare. My son... Uh, it's called Eagle Barrett Syndrome, and he is one in 200,000 boys at that time. We're going back 46 years ago, well, 48 years ago, pardon me. And today it's one in 40,000, and it's called Eagle Barrett Syndrome. Right. And so my heart just goes out to the parents that have this, these kind of children. Today my son is 48 years old, healthy. Um, and, of course, they've got today the laser surgeries. They've got medical, you know, it's so much more advanced than when he was a baby. Right, the right. children aren't going through what he went through. Does, does that how, is that how most of your visions come to you in, in, in a dream, or do they just flash in your mind, or is it auditory, uh, visual? How, how does it it's happen? It's all of it. It's all of it. And it's taken years to accept it and, and know that I'm not a, an evil person to have this, that I'm not causing this. It's just spirit world connecting with me. I always ask psychics uh, or people who have psychic ability uh, this, uh, or clairvoyance, uh, do you consider it a gift or a curse? Well, well, from the time I was seven till I was 30, I thought it was a curse. After that, I've delighted in it. But it, it's, it can't be easy show. at times. It can't be. I mean, do you get, if, for example, you see something in someone's future that is not good, um, how do you approach that? Let's say you see someone and you know that they are going to die. How do you approach well, that? I don't very often get that, to be honest with you, because I'm not looking for that. It's where your mind is at. I'm an extremely healthy, happy person. So I usually draw to myself people that mirror me. I don't draw to myself sickly people. Interesting. So I okay. usually draw someone that maybe have some financial problems, or uh, but mentally, physically, emotionally, I'm, I'm extremely healthy. So that is what I usually draw to me. It's not often I get somebody that uh, would ever come to me that is like that, because we do. Like attracts like. Interesting, interesting. I, right. I just don't get those. And I'm not in the nursing field anymore. Um, probably if I was in the nursing field, maybe I would get that. But even selling my Max International products that I sell and nutritionals that I sell uh, or share with people, maybe that's a better way to, to say it. Um, I only draw to me people who really want to be healthy. The rest just poof, poof me away. They're not interested. So they they would not want to know anything about their psychic ability. So they never come to me. Prince George to me is a very dead town. 
Is that right? <laughs> How so? <laughs> Very dead. Why do you say that? Well, in Prince oh, okay, a lot of the people in Prince George are reincarnated from either the Jewish Holocaust, okay, and of knowing the concentration ovens and the concentration camps and all of that, or they're straight from uh, the Confederate Army, the the the, um, the freeing of the slaves and the whole Confederate. You know what I mean? From the states, there's the two types that are here. And uh, because at one point, Prince George was extremely wealthy. There were more millionaires here than anywhere in Canada. But between the pine beetle destroying our forests, um, lumber prices, uh, sawmills and pulp mills burning down, and just all the chaos that's happened here, it's probably one of the poorest towns across Canada. Oh, interesting. Well, it sounds so like a... We've got a lot of wealthy people that moved here, were born here for wealth, very disillusioned. All right. Listen, um, on that uh, rather odd note, I guess on Prince George, and that's yeah, an interesting it's lesson. We've got a place we've... right now, and it doesn't have to be if they'd wake up and, you know, claim claim uh, a different thought. Okay. We... All right. Uh, it doesn't have to be like this. They just have they one where they wake up and say, "I claim my prosperity. I will find ways to be prosperous, and it would change." All right. I'll take you uh, on your word on that, and I'll. Uh, try to put that to work for myself well yeah it's what we allow ourselves to dwell on thoughts are things that we uh claim prosperity in our lives we claim good health we claim that the right things will come into our life to give us an abundant life it happens we're very powerful beings all right i believe that georgia we are out of time but uh, the book escape from manhattan at the website escape from manhattan.com i appreciate your time tonight georgia thank you to uh, tim spreen albert the intern back next week with a brand new show hope you'll be along for that in the meantime don't be afraid there's nothing concealed that won't be revealed nothing hidden that won't be made known what you hear in the dark dark speak in the light what i say in a whisper proclaim from the housetops move over aphrodite i'm coming home good night